This is the Demand Excellence Podcast with Jonathan Guess, head football coach of Eagles Landing Christian Academy on the south side of Atlanta. Coach Guess is the author of the book, Demand Excellence, on and off the field. The goal of the Demand Excellence Podcast is to encourage, equip, and entertain Christian leaders and coaches across the world. All right, everybody, I'm here with um, CEO Tom Mertz. He also is our middle school football coach. I've known him a long time. He helps out at Elka. His kids go to Elka. I coach his older son, Jack. Jack is a 10th grader, going to be 11th grader next year. But Tom Mertz is a CEO of a company. I'm going to let him describe his company and how many employees he employs. And so, Tom, first... Talk about your company and what you do. And then second, kind of talk about the perilous times right now as a CEO. You're employing people. Um, You know, we're watching the news here on our end and we're seeing the stimulus package. It's a huge deal. It's supposed to go through. And on my end, I have no idea what they're talking about. But as a business owner and a person who uh, employs people, I'm sure it's important to you. So, First, talk about your business, and then talk about how this coronavirus has kind of reaped havoc um, on you as a CEO. Yeah, well, well, good morning, Coach. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to your listeners. It, it is uh, it, it's strange times and, and perilous times, to say the least. Uh, obviously, the down over the last three weeks and so i along with a lot of other ceos and business owners and leaders out there uh, are spending literally uh, 12 hours 15 hours a day trying to figure out how to keep our businesses going trying to keep our employees healthy trying to keep our customers healthy and so you know we'll talk about that a little bit but uh, cpg is a company that designs builds and operates data centers and for those of you that don't know what a data center is uh, this podcast is being recorded by Coach Guess, and then will up to whatever forum he's going to upload it to, uh, and that podcast will sit on a server, and that server will sit in a building that's called a data center. Uh, it could be a Microsoft data center, it could be an Amazon data center, it could be could be a facility that's owned by a company that leases data center space to companies uh, like that, that that hold data. Uh, and you know those are purpose built buildings that are built to never go down, never never be without power. Uh, to, to cool the data center, uh, you know, uh, the servers because they generate a lot of heat. So they're very, they're very expensive buildings to build. They're very uh, purpose-built buildings. Uh, in our industry, we, we run on a philosophy of five nines of reliability, which means that the data center has got to be up 99.99999% of the time, meaning Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, none of them want their data centers to go down. So uh, it's a very specific skill set uh, to, to design them, to build them, and, and ultimately to operate them. And uh, that's what CPG does. So when you, talk about, when you talk about what's going on around the world right now, uh, today our business, because the entire world about it, uh, is leveraging technology in order to do their jobs. Uh, we, we're teaching for school at Eagles Lane and Christian. My kids are in school uh, every day uh, doing online classes. The teachers are, are doing the classes and, and millions of kids around the country are doing the same thing around the globe. Uh, and that's leveraging technology. All of that technology is routing through the data center. Uh, you know, people are staying at home and shopping more. So Amazon's getting a ton of business. Um, I read an article yesterday that 67% of all companies out there 
now take their IT load and they take it what they call off-prem or off-premises, meaning they they lease space at a place like uh, Amazon or AWS or Microsoft Cloud, Azure uh, is the name of their products, and they, they shove all of their IT services offline and out of those buildings. And so all of our clients um, right now, uh, the, the demand generation is so high that the concern with them to us is, do you have a business continuity plan in place? How are you managing this if you have employees that get sick? And how are you ensuring when your employees come in our facilities, they're not going to get any of our employees sick? And so, you know, I've spent uh, literally the last three weeks uh, on the phone, 12 hours a day, trying to uh, trying to make sure our investors are happy, trying to make sure our employees are, are healthy and doing the right things, trying to make sure our management team knows how to uh, manage through this crisis, trying to make sure our banks know that, that we're going to be okay because right now the banks are calling every day saying, hey, are you okay? Do you have what you need? Uh, are you getting in trouble? Uh, so it's, it's, um, it's probably been the most demanding time in my career as a, as a CEO. How much money... You know, talk about your business and how much money, you know, like millions of dollars it's worth. I don't know how much. Have you lost money uh, in the value of your company or have you gained money? It sounds to me like demand might be up for you since everybody's got to do online and and maybe servers are more important. Yeah, the company last year, we did $146 million worth of revenue. Um, and we had, uh, at the end of the year, we had 123 employees, uh, in five offices across the country. And then we, we just opened up an office in Ireland. Uh, the data centers are, are exploding overseas as well. So, uh, that's where the company was at the end of 2019 and 2020, we were projecting prior to all this, we were projecting, uh, roughly $180 million of the revenue. Uh, and we felt like we would exit the year with close to 200 employees uh, in, in, in that continued growth. So it's it's hard to really tell what's going to happen long term for our company. Uh, having I'm old enough now, and I'm ashamed to admit, but I'm old enough now to having having had to uh, work through two previous downturns in this industry. Um, what typically happens, Coach, is the the companies will pull back construction on new facilities but they will ramp up services on their existing facilities. We saw that in the 2008 financial crisis. We saw that back in 2001 after September 11th. And uh, right now, I haven't seen that. We are building a very large data center for uh, a pretty famous uh, software developer that happens to be based in uh, Seattle, Washington. We're building one for them uh, right now in, in, uh, in the eastern part of the state of Washington. Uh, we're building another data center for uh, what we call a co-location hosting facility. These are these are people that build data centers and then they lease space to places like Eagles Landing Christian or or you know to to medium sized businesses that lease IT space. So we just started construction on that project two weeks ago uh, in Washington D.C. We're building one for a similar type company in Dallas. So right now uh, we're being told that hey we're not going to slow down uh, because those companies all have demand from their clients that seems to be going up. Uh, that being said, you know, if, if the economy continues to falter and continues to sputter, uh, you know, typically the, the first thing that, that people will stop is they'll stop building because everybody's trying to build capacity to to stay ahead of the demand curve. And as that demand curve seems to flatten out and it likely will, uh, then they'll stop building capacity. So we, we expect to see some type of retraction in construction. Uh, for me, that's about 62 percent of our revenue uh, this year. Uh, we employ about about uh, about a third of those employees are are uh, associated with the construction business, and so 
I've got my eye on that. You know, I've, I've got my eye on our uh, chief revenue officer, who is our, our head of sales. Uh, we're watching our sales funnel uh, and inflow right now. And, um, you know, it's it seems to be strong, but we'll have to we'll, we'll wait and see what the next 30 days holds. So what do you tell your employees? Because you're the CEO, everybody in your company you said you employed 123 people. They're looking to you. Because it's just natural that man would feel a little bit of fear, whether it's about the coronavirus or an economic shutdown, or if you watch the news, which nobody should actually do, but I'm sure you have to a little bit. But, you know, they'll talk about the Great Depression and that everybody's going to die. If not from the coronavirus, we're all going to be poor. You're, you're having to deal with all of those fears, plus you're human. You have fears of your own. What's your message to your employees? Well, that's a great question. I mean, that's the biggest struggle that we all have. And, um, you know, for me, I, I believe in a crisis. Communication is key. And so what we've done since this all came down two weeks ago, uh, we, we had to put forth a bunch of uh, COVID policies. So we uh, all non-essential travel stopped. Uh, now, we still have a lot of people getting on airplanes every week. So, so obviously there's fears there. But um, you know, we stopped everybody coming into the office. We have five offices around the country. Uh, nobody, everybody's now working from home. So we feel like we're trying to do our part while we're still trying to facilitate our clients. But in order to quell the fears of those that are still out there working every day, I think communication is key. So we, we imparted, you know, we, we put together a, a three-part uh, policy uh, that started a week and a half ago, which is, number one, the executive team. Uh, so my five direct reports, I have a chief financial officer, I have a chief revenue officer, a chief strategy officer and an EVP of operations. Um, and then we have an open position for another one, but the, those guys and I get on the phone every morning at nine 30. Uh, we're on the phone for 30 minutes and we brief each other on, on what happened the previous 24 hours. You know, anything major happened, any, any new lockdowns put in place in States that we're working in, uh, whatever it is, we talk about it, any business issues we're having, uh, once a week, every Wednesday at 11 a.m., I have a senior leadership team meeting, and that's the 22 senior leaders in the company. So basically the director levels and up uh, in the business, we all get on the phone for an hour and have a similar type meeting, talk about anything that's changed over the previous week. We talk about uh, what the company is doing well, what the company might be struggling with. And really the purpose for that is for those 22 leaders to push information down to their teams uh, and everybody that works for them. And then the last thing, uh, every Monday at 4 o'clock, I started this two Mondays ago, we do a company town hall meeting. Uh, we've actually hired over 30 people since January, so we now have over 150 people. And we're working on a proposal for a large client right now that can put us up over 240 people within the next 30 days. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's impossible for me to talk to every single employee that we have. So every Monday at 4 o'clock, we have a town hall. Everybody logs into Microsoft Teams. Uh, I mute everybody so that I can actually get our message across. And, and then I'm, I'm on camera for that call so that they can actually see me. And, you know, my big belief is to, to just educate them. Here, here are the facts about what's going on, uh, you know, and, and here, here are the things I feel like you can do as employees and we can do as a company to keep your sanity throughout this process. You know, here's what's going on with the business. And we do that each and every week. And uh, we feel like that's been working. Uh, you know, I get texts from employees. I got one this morning. I was out for my morning walk. Uh, this morning and, and an employee that, that I probably would normally not talk to on a daily basis texting <laughs> me saying, Hey, I'm, yeah, and, and, you know, texting me saying, Hey, I really, really appreciate, you know, all the information. It makes me feel better. It makes me calm in the middle of the storm. And, um, you know, but like, like I said, 
for me, it's hard for me. I don't really have anybody to vent to. Um, everybody's looking to me and our business, you know, to, to give them the answers. And I'm trying to gather information from dozens of sources to make the best decisions I can for CPG and the employees and all the families that are uh, part of those employees. So it's definitely a stressful time, but you know, the one thing coach that I try to tell people and I, and I did an interview last week with one of our, um, one of our industry uh, trade magazines about this. Uh, I guess one of our employees had told them about it and they, they reached out to me and said, Hey, we'd like to talk to you about these, uh, these things you're telling your employees. Um, for me, uh, there's five things I tell our employees they should be doing every day. Uh, and it's really just something uh, it, for me, I've got to boil down into, uh, I'm a simple guy and I've got to have simple tasks every day so I can check the box and say, I achieve these tasks. And, you know, in crisis mode, if you allow yourself, uh, you can get out of sync pretty quick. So for me, the first thing I do every day is I keep a routine. Um, you know, you and I kind of talked earlier this morning, we laughed because we let everybody in our house sleep a little later, but I'm still up early and, you know, my morning routine before all of this, uh, and, and has maintained since then as I get up early, um, I read a devotional every morning. Um, I do watch the news and read a couple different newspapers, uh, just to make sure I'm educated on what's going on. Um, I try to stay away from social media as much as possible. If I do get on it, I try to look at it for fun just to see what my friends and family are doing. And I try to skip over the mess. So, you know, so I just try to keep my routine. I, I go out and exercise early in the morning. Uh, and, you know, I can't go to the gym right now. So I'm, I've had to change my whole exercise routine up, but, uh, I try to get out and do that and sit at my desk by eight 30 in the morning. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I actually turn the news off after that point. Um, I just won't turn it on for the rest of the day unless the president or the governor is coming on. Um, I will watch those, uh, th- those broadcasts, but I try to stay away from the news because it's just bombarded and in your face. And if you listen to the news, you're, you're going to go nuts. And so you, you got to give yourself a break from it. And we all have cell phones. And what I tell our employees is I promise you if something, you know, you know, something really bad is happening around the world, you're going to get a notification on your phone from one of the 2000 apps we all have on our phones. So uh, don't watch it all day long, you know, stay off the social media, uh, because there's a lot of misinformation on social media, or if you're on it, like I am at least, you know, filter it. Uh, the third thing I do is, um, I try to use, I try to use all this free time I've gotten back to, to gain some efficiencies back in my life. I mean, I, I, we're headquartered in Washington, D.C., and I live in Atlanta, so you know I have to commute back and forth, uh, which is flying and traveling. And um, you know we have employees that get in their cars every day and commute to the office, and all of that has stopped right now. And so we've all gained back time that we didn't have before. And I'm trying to use it to get better organized, to think more strategically, to figure out you know what what does the business need to do to adjust in this time of crisis. You know, clean up my email box, which was a mess. Um, you know, I helped my wife. We, we, we rearranged our bedroom yesterday just at lunchtime because I, I felt like I had to do something, you know, outside of my home office. And so try to use that time. The fourth thing is you know, find the positives. Um, I know you, you lead a hectic life coach and, and your your household is hectic. You've got, a, you've got a high school senior in your house that's getting ready to go off to college. You've got a a young son in your house. I've got I've got a high school sophomore and an eighth grader. Don't forget um, don't forget are, these eighty seven year old granddad. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I have my seventy seven year old mother in law living in my basement, so I get it. Yeah, that's right. You know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, I, we this time of year in the spring, uh, Jack plays varsity baseball. Uh, Nick was playing both JV lacrosse and middle school lacrosse, and so between those practices. 
you know, crucibles for football and, and all the workouts and schoolwork and all of the things the two boys did, you know, and, and then our jobs. And by the way, Melanie is a she's she's a professor at Gordon College. She teaches nursing. So she's obviously busy. You know, this time of year, we're kind of all running in different directions all week long. And and I will tell you, it was a very rare moment for the four of us to sit down at dinner uh, at any one point, unless we were out to dinner at a Chick-fil-A or something after a ball game. And uh, we've we've tried to sit down. I won't say that I won't lie and say we've done it every night, but we've tried to sit down at least, you know, five or six times now over the last 10 days as a family with with no TV, with no, you know, with no with no phones, no electronics, which is hard for the teenagers. And um and have discussions and you know so that to me that's a positive uh that's a positive and so you know in the, in the last but certainly not the least for me uh and what i try to tell our employees and, and not everybody's going to agree with this statement but uh, for me it's my faith um i i uh, i have probably prayed now more than i ever have uh, in my life and and you know i don't i don't just pray for myself and for my family i, I certainly do that but um, you know, I pray for our leaders uh, that, that they take the information they're given and make the best decisions they can, uh, knowing full well that no matter what decision they make, you know, somebody's going to have a problem with it. I pray for the doctors and the nurses on the front line and all the people that are having to deal with the sick folks. Uh, I pray for the scientists that they come up with some type of solution to help us manage or, or cure this disease. And so I find myself every night when it's quiet, uh, when everything shuts down and I go to bed, that's when I pray uh, a lot. And I pray very early in the morning. Uh, I've, I've, you know, started taking morning walks. Uh, I live in a hilly neighborhood, so I can't run the whole neighborhood, but I walk a lot. I find myself praying a lot in those morning walks. And so, you know, I, I turned to, I turned to God and I, and I realized that, uh, at the end of the day, uh, he's in control. This isn't a surprise to him. It may be a surprise to us, but it's not to him. And he's got a plan for this. And we just have to have faith in him and uh, understand that we'll get on the other side of it. And so, you know, those are the five things that I, I remind my employees, my leadership team, my executive team every day, you know, figure out what you, they may not be the same five for you, but you've got to find those three to five things that you can do every day that you can control. Because uh, so much of everything going on around us is outside of our control. And, and those are the things I feel like I can control. Absolutely. Well, shoot, man, I, I appreciate you having this conversation with me. I know it's encouraging for me, and I know it's going to be encouraging for a lot of people, um, especially the five things that you talked about and just basically bottom line how we can uh, remain sane <laughs> during this time. Um, I always like to end with a prayer, if you don't mind. Sure, I'd love to. Lord, we come before you today. Just want to praise and thank you for loving us. We praise and thank you uh, for your son who came and died on the cross for our sins, Lord. We praise and thank you for our hope being in you and not in anything of this world. Lord, appreciate Tom Mertz and just the ability to talk to him. We just pray that you would be with him, Lord, as he leads his employees. They're all looking to him, uh, Lord. And, and what we need right now in our country is, is men and women who are stable and steadfast to lead and encourage and motivate uh, people that look to them. So I pray that for Tom. Pray for his family, that you would bless them and protect them. And um, pray for Tom's company, Lord, that um, it would just continue to grow um, and thrive during this mess. So therefore, his employees would be um, stable and continue to have work. And Lord, we pray that for all across our our country. You know, people are losing jobs. Um, and Lord, I just pray for the, the leaders out there, the, the business owners who are leading these men and women, Lord, and that you would just give them wisdom and discernment. Lord, we love you and we I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'm living forever. 
Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. And my story isn't over, my story's just begun. And failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Yeah, failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. When 